13 tonight. Good to see you tonight, church. Thanks for being faithful. And let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13 tonight. And we're going to be turning to a couple of passages of Scripture, so please have your Bible ready, and we'll be turning uh, to different places. But it's good to, good to just um, sing tonight, just sing praises to the Lord, reflect on all that He's done uh, for us, and I'm thankful for the Lord, and I'm thankful to, tonight that we can open His Word and learn and grow. And I do want to again just encourage you to be prayerful for our leadership conference and then also just be faithful to come and be part of it. And uh, hope, hopefully um, the, the good number of our church would, would come and just uh, sacrifice their time to come and be part of the, the whole week. But if you're not able to, come as, as much as you can, please. And let's be faithful in our place during that week. And um, you know, speaking to a couple of pastors today from, from different parts and they're just they're just looking forward to the time being with us and I think I think because of COVID as, as even Brother Evans mentioned there uh, just that getting together that fellowship that we all need as, as God's people has been greatly hindered hasn't it and even just coming into our services I know when when that started to come back and it was more not online anymore and we're here it was a, it was a, a thrill to my heart to just start to come back together and it's been a joy just to, to see um, the Lord just continue to, to be with us as we've, um, we've come together in, in uh, His name, but fellowshipping under His Word. And I'm going to speak tonight about um, something in that vein. And this morning we, we did speak about how, how Jesus was standing at the door. And tonight we're going to talk actually about when others stand at the door. And we're going to talk about this biblical... Uh, topic and biblical mandate for us to show hospitality. And when you think about it, as we lead into our leadership conference, what we're showing as a church is showing some hospitality towards those who are coming in from different places all around Australia and other places. And we're, we want to show a, a warm, uh, warm fellowship, but really just a, a heart to show hospitality to them as they come in. And you know, the, the thing, one of the things I've really enjoyed about, about coming and being part of our church, but also just living here in, in, uh, in Brisbane, North Brisbane, is it just seems to me that people just tend to take a little bit more time to have a chat. I've really enjoyed that. Uh, yesterday, my, uh, uh, my son Malachi, he had a basketball game and you know, there was a, he got to play two games. He got asked to play uh, another game, a different division. And so we had about an hour between the first game and the, the second game. And another boy from his, his team was asked to do the same. And so, you know, we were sitting there and the parents were there. And we got to just have a, a good talk. We just chatted about life, who they were. They, we introduced ourselves and um, got to talk through, you know, their background, what they were going through. And just was able to just start to give a bit of a witness to them and praying for them as they uh, perhaps we get an opportunity to talk further about the gospel and um, and there's just a there's a real there was a real sense there as I was thinking about it how actually this was pretty rare in my life just growing up and, and living in a different place in, in Australia Sydney can be a bit of a if you've been there can be a bit of a bit of a rat race really and I'm not calling Sydney Siders rats, all right? I'm just saying it's a bit of a rat race, but it's a bit of a, a bit of a crazy environment there where you're just going and going and going. 
and I've enjoyed, I've really enjoyed even at times talking with those at, at the shops. It just seems to be people are more likely to have a chat here. And you forget that actually that should be the norm, that there should be a sense of community, a sense of, of you know, the, the, just being neighborly. I've enjoyed just uh, greeting and saying hello and getting to know our neighbors, and we've tried to do that over the course of our lifetimes, wherever we've moved. We've wanted to do that, and I think that's what we're speaking about when we speak about hospitality. And, you know, we, we sometimes think, well, hospitality is, uh, is food and all of that, and, and it is in that way. It's sharing your resources, and, and we'll, we'll define that a little bit and talk a little bit about that tonight as we open God's Word, but there is a phenomena today where that, that human interaction that is meant to be lending itself to us as Christians proclaiming the gospel is becoming a lost art. It's becoming a lost part of society. And a couple of, uh, it was, I think, last year at some point, we were, Vicky and I, we were going and we were just, we were do knocking doors. And um, we were going around different streets and we were trying to talk to people about the gospel. And we started to play a game because we realized that we were in a neighborhood where almost every door had a sticker that said, no, no door knockers, basically. Uh, please don't knock on our door. And we said, I, so, so I started telling her, not count how many of those stickers. And then uh, as we went further and we were in a rush a little bit, we were starting to letterbox. And then I told her, count how many no junk mail. And it just seems to be that most people just, we're not, we're not of the mindset that we're expecting unexpected guests or unexpected conversations, and we're no longer open as a society to just have those kind of interactions that actually we as Christians should thrive in. And we start to see that, you know, you, with the advent of, of everything online, you know, online shopping, have you, you've, I've noticed it's much better here in Queensland when you go out and go to the shops. People generally will greet you and be polite. Well, I'll tell you what, we just, and I worked retail, you know, going to university, and, and just that sense of customer service, that sense of making you feel welcome, that's lost now a lot of times. And that, that sense of welcoming people into our lives, and that sense of community is starting to dissipate the more our world turns its, its back on the Lord. And it just seems to be that, that that is a great hindrance to the gospel. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can lose that sense as well. We can just go as society goes. And we've got to be careful about that. Uh, because the, the, the Bible is very uh, open to, to this, uh, this, this thought. Look at, look at Hebrews 13, and I'll show you a couple of verses here. And again, if you've got your Bible handy... We'll turn to different places, but Hebrews 13, look at verse 1. Let, let brotherly love continue. And that's a plain command, isn't it? As we think about the, the family of God, we're meant to show love one for another. Then he says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. And that word entertain doesn't mean song and dance. It means to welcome them in. It means to, to take stock of their need. It means to open up your life. It means hospitality. It says to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. 
So he's saying there, and really he's referring to Lot there who entertained those angels unaware that they were that, but he opened up his home. And then he says, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. And he's reminding the Christians that they are to be this way, that they are supposed to be ones that would entertain those who have needs, entertain those who are going through some hardships at times, and that we've got to have a readiness to meet those needs. And, and I think about just the, the, the power and the priority that comes with just showing that kind of hospitality. You know, I, I know this for a fact that my life was changed because a, a group of people who were not my family, who was, I was a stranger to, just, just happened to practice this in their lives. A couple of days ago, my, my dad called me um, unexpectedly. He just, my dad never does this. He, he FaceTimed me. All right, he don't, never wants to see my, my face, all right, but if it's the grandkids, then yes, but me, no, he'll never FaceTime me, so I was surprised he was FaceTiming me, and what it was, he had a bit of a reunion with this group of people, because they're about to head here, they're leaving this week to come and become Queenslanders, right, but they're coming, but they had a bit of a reunion, so they passed the phone around, they, they were saying hello, they were saying, hey, wish you were here. And it just brought back memories of these people who showed a great deal of kindness to a 12-year-old boy who didn't belong anywhere. And they made a difference in my life because they treated me not just as as a stranger, but someone that, that they needed to show the love of Christ to. And they opened the doors of their homes. I remember so many times they would feed me, so many times they... They, they, they gave me even shoes because I wasn't wearing the same kind of shoes as their kids were. And, and they just opened up their homes to a really shy, really, really it, in my mind, just a nobody 12-year-old boy. And they did that because they, I think they loved God. And there was that, that sense of hospitality that they had. I remember a, a, a numerous times trying to invite uh, people to, to church. And, you know, in our day and age where... Church is already strange in a sense. In coming to an environment like this, uh, you know, there's, there's sometimes a barrier there to inviting people, isn't there? But I remember how effective it was just inviting people to homes. And uh, I remember teaching a particular uh, message on this similar. And a family from Southland, they, they, they literally, they just were touched by this message. They had been trying to invite some neighbors of theirs to church for many years. They just kept rejecting the invitation. And they invited people, these neighbors, to come to their home for a good old-fashioned barbie. Right? And you know what? They said yes. They came. They opened up their home. And we were there too. We came along to that particular afternoon. And we just sat around and we just talked to these people. My associate at Southland came along as well, and he's got, a, he's really a, a, he's got an evangelistic heart. And, you know, he began, as we were sitting around, he began to speak to these people who never, ever considered coming to church. And around the barbie, around some lunch, these people got led to the Lord and called upon the Lord to save them. And they started coming along. 
And I, I think about the great power there. I think about a couple of years ago, um, uh, our missionary, Jeremy Panero, who is there in the island of Vanuatu, who their, their island experienced um, some earthquakes, and, um, and, and then it was consequently to, I think it was vol- volcanic activity, and uh, a whole island, the island of Ambai, was displaced. And so they needed a place, and you know what they did? They just opened the church campus to them, and he was telling me from that, he saw that it cost them. I remember our church there, and, and perhaps our church here gave towards that a little bit to support the need there, and he saw thousands of people come onto the campus, and over 400 people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Why? Because they noticed that there was a need and they noticed that there was an opportunity to practice this very biblical thing called hospitality. And, and, and I love how someone put it that they defined hospitality as the gospel with a house key. As us just opening up our homes at times to those in need and those who have no one else and we allow them to come and enter into our lives and I want to tell you the, the addendum to that before we go any further is we've got to have this morning right first. We've got to have the Lord Jesus in our home first. And then because of that, because He makes a change in our lives, then we have this priority that we're going to call hospitality. And, and although the world by and large is all shut out and you know everyone's being careful about this, this new thing and this new that and and they're being careful about all of these, and, and we're shutting out uh, our borders, and we're closing up. We've got to open our doors at times and open our lives up so that we can just share the gospel with someone in need. And this was a practice of the early church. In Acts 2.46, they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Hey, listen, they went house to house and they ate together. How's that for, the, uh, 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 let's do a soul winning course. It's called hospitality, where you prepare a meal for your neighbor. You won't see that at Bible college, but it's a practice. It was a practice of the early church, and, and God highlights that for us, this priority in the passage of Scripture that we just read, because sometimes we can entertain strangers and even entertain angels unawares. And God highlights that for us. And the concept is that we should show love to strangers by extending them an open arm and an open door. And this is the essence of hospitality. We're, to, we're exhorted to do this as believers. Hospitality is the act or practice of receiving and entertaining strangers or guests without reward or with, or with, with kind and generous liberality. A, a stranger in a biblical sense is a foreigner. One that's unknown to you, someone looking for temporary refuge, a sojourner that's coming through. And, and you know, we all like to hang out with all of the, the people that we like, but that's not how the Bible defines strangers. It's those who are unknown to us. And, and those who are, are not part of perhaps our, our circle of, of friends. And, you know, there, there are many strangers when you think about it that we encounter each week and each day. What we're doing. Uh, uh, about that? What are we doing about that? What are we doing to show the, uh, them the, the love of Christ? What, what are we doing as families to get to know the strangers next door, the strangers that come into the church? What are we doing uh, for, for those that we come across in our neighborhoods, new families that come in that visit? 
new workmates or schoolmates, people we commute with, maybe even fellow Christians and Christian servants who are coming through. And I want to tell you that the message is pretty simple tonight. Does your gospel come with a house key? Are we opening our homes and ourselves to strangers as a means of communicating Jesus? And this morning we spoke really about hospitality to Jesus. What that produces really is fellowship with Him. But what we're talking about tonight is hospitality to outsiders and others. And what that produces, it ought to produce evangelism. It ought to produce a a mindset that, that we take those opportunities and I'll tell you what, maybe someone will say no to your invitation to church, but they're not going to say no to an invitation to a barbecue. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a good thing for us to just have that mindset. And again, what we see firstly tonight is hospitality is patterned through Scripture. It's patterned. The reference there in Hebrews 13 was to Lot in that, that, that heathen city, even as his his righteous soul was vexed with all of the things that were happening. He still at least had the mindset that he's going to entertain strangers. We see that it was inbuilt even in God's code, in God's law for civics. In Leviticus chapter 19, he says there in verses 33 to 34, And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, notice this, ye shall not vex him. But, but the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you, as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. Why? He's reminding them, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. And by the way, I am the Lord your God. (laughs) And he's saying there that, you know, you were strangers once. And I'm saying that even in the civics of, of the society, the ideal society that the Lord was trying to build in the nation of Israel, he was saying, open up your homes to the strangers. You know, even of the earliest, we see the, the, character, the, the character in the Bible named Job. Look at Job chapter 31. and Notice even from the earliest book in the Bible here, Job chapter 31. Notice Job's attitude. He says this in verse 21. He says, If I have lifted up my hand against the fatherless, when I saw my help in the gate, so if he, he, he was around there in that, in that very prominent place in the city and he lifts up his hand against the fatherless. That means that he, he, instead of blessing them, he, he, he does something to them. Notice what he says, Then let mine arm fall from my shoulder blade and mine arm be broken from the bone. Say, so I hope it, it, it harms me that I can't help others, is what, is what he was saying. I hope that this would happen to me instead if I can't lift up my hand to help those who are fatherless. And how much in our society today, both literally and but then also practically, are actually fatherless and needy in our society? Hey, isn't that how, how James defines true religion? Right? We're supposed to meet the needs of those widows and fatherless in and, and society. You know what that is? It's hospitality. And so as far back as, as you want to go in the history of God's people, even Job, one who feared God, one who, who God allowed to go through the, the things that he went through for his refining, his whole attitude to this was, I hope something goes wrong for me if I won't do this. It's also emphasized in the New Testament, and we won't 
take the time to turn there right now, but in Romans 12, we will in a bit. In verse 13, as far as this being a living sacrifice and then the gifts, he says, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Given to it. And so the command is that hospitality is not just to be a a once a year thing, perhaps if we feel charitable at Christmas, but it's a constant attitude and practice. Our, our homes and our, our places of living perhaps can be used as for strategic hospitality, have a readiness to welcome and entertain people who don't ordinarily live there. You know, we've been focusing this whole month on missions and the need for missionaries. You know what I find wherever I've gone? Wherever there's been a missionary that's been successful with the gospel, they've actually seen people saved, is they've shown a whole great deal of hospitality. You know, I've been to places where, because I'm someone that they understood as someone with, that was in ministry, those who just had really next to nothing in comparison to what I had, they, we, were, we were invited into their lives into their living rooms and the, the mega and the humble surroundings and yet with, with open hearts and fullness of hearts. They, they gave and they, they had a meal prepared and I look at that and I just, it just humbles me. You know, someone killed their last chicken so that my family could get fed. And I look at that and you know what that is? They're just, they're given to hospitality. They're practicing the New Testament thing. And, and again, in the Christian experience, we were strangers. We were strangers. And what we find is it's, it's right, through, right through pattern there in Scripture. But then we see hospitality is a marker of office bearers. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. And perhaps we have some men here that God's preparing for the ministry. I hope so. We pray so. We'll, we'll, we'll aim at that and we'll, we'll emphasize that. But I want to tell you that if you desire the office of a, of a bishop, you desire a good work, it's a work. But notice as part of that in verse 2, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior. And notice the next thing he says, given to hospitality. Apt to teach. And so of, of equal importance to all of these other things, you're given to hospitality. You're given to that. In Titus chapter 1, verse 8, he re-emphasizes it just so we get it. Titus 1, 8. Again, this, this list here of these qualities of those who would be uh, in the ministry, those who are elders, he says there in, um, in verse 8. He repeats something. He, he says you've got to be blameless as a steward of God in verse 7. Then he says in verse 8, but a lover of hospitality. A lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. And, you know, we can focus on all these, these other ones, but you, you, you've got to be a lover of hospitality. You've got to be willing to open up your life. You've got to be open to, to those who are around you, who are strangers that God brings along the way. And, and we understand that it's a marker of office bearers. It's incumbent on pastors. And, and actually in the same list there in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 of deacons to lead and be characterized in this action of hospitality. It's an understanding that we are to be exercising this as part of who we are, as part of the practice of our office, and it's to be evident in our lives as a part of our service to the body that we love to entertain strangers. It's a part of it. 
And what I'm saying, though, is, is not only should it be just for office bearers, it's an action of the household of faith. And go back to Romans chapter 12. I referred to it a little bit earlier. Look at Romans chapter 12 and notice verses 1 to 4. It says, I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, we know these verses, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the context there is, is being, uh, being surrendered. The, the context there is, is as believers that we are not conformed, we are not like this world, but we're transformed. And then he goes and he lists out these, these, these gifts later on. He says in verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So God's dealt with us all a measure of faith, a measure of, of ability, a measure of gifting. And he's given all of us that. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So he's saying we're not all the same. We've all got different, uh, different means that God has given us. So we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. And then he goes through the gifts. He goes through all of that. He goes through the gifts that, that differ according to the grace given. He says to those that, that, prophes that have prophecy, let, let them prophesy. He says ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Teaching on, uh, teacheth on teaching. E exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He goes on, let love be without dissimulation. And then we read it earlier in verse 13. He goes all the way down and he says, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. So in the same vein of those who are surrendered and those who are to be of the household of faith, those who are to be that follow after the perfect will of God, not only should we understand our spiritual gifts and the measure of faith that God has given us, he's saying as part of that, make it it's of necessity that you do this that you are given to this hospitality. So all of that, it's the, the historical context here is that many Christians were being displaced. You remember how antagonistic society was to those who are claiming the name of Christ. And there were a number of people who were just displaced and, and they needed a, a new family to just welcome them in. To show a heart to say, I'm going to care for you. And you may not have the, 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 the earthly family that everyone craves for, but you're going to have the spiritual family instead. Notice with me, look at 1 Peter chapter 4. And, and again, think about that, that word, the, the measure of faith, those words, the, the gift given us. And look at 1 Peter chapter 4. He says in verse 7, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. Watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity amongst yourselves. For, sh for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Then he says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. So without grudging, without being forced to, without being guilted into it, he's saying. As every man 
hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Notice those, those words again. He says, as every man hath received the gift. He says, ministered the same one to another. So as you've received, then you ought to then minister that to others. You know, how, how do we view the, the blessing and the gifts of God in our lives? How do we view the, the financial abilities that we have, that that is actually a gift from God? How do we view the homes that we worked hard for, that God gave us the ability to perhaps own or ability to at least have a roof above our heads? And how, how do we view that vehicle that we just drive and we get to, you know, just enjoy and we get to get from A to B in our lives? How do we view those things in our lives, all of those gifts from God, you know, sometimes we just look at those as ours. Like it's just, it's mine. God gave them to me. But you know what he's saying? He's saying in this context of using hospitality, he's saying as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same. He says, he says it's not just yours, it's for others. It's not just yours, it's meant to be as a help to those who are in need. And, and it's the, the context of this whole chapter. We didn't read it, but it's, it's about the changed life. It's about the, 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 those who would follow the will of God again. And he's saying the command is not grudgingly. It ought to be commonly known of us without enforcement. It's not this, this, this idea that you must do it. You know, he's saying that because of the fact that you would follow God, this should flow out of your life. This should be part of who we are. It's without grudging. It means that, that we need to be the kind of people who do it, but have a rejoicing in doing it. In, in other words, the, the command to be hospitable is not just a command to do something. It's not just a command that can be fulfilled with a quota of guests that we just tick. It's a command to be a certain kind of person. It's namely the kind that doesn't resent having to be hospitable, the, the kind of person who doesn't look at the extra dishes that needed to be, to, to be washed and the extra bedding that needed to be prepared and, and then the extra expense on our part to do that, we do that without grumbling because it's for the Lord. We do that because we've, we've got to change life and by the way, we were strangers once too. And your hospitality, it's, it should be, our hospitality should be an extension or or an overflow of God's hospitality to us. He's saying, be good steward of that grace. You know, we need to be a, a place where Christ's love is being modeled. You know, love demonstrate, love it was demonstrated to us through the sacrificial action of our Lord Jesus Christ. There was a cost to Him. Love to Christ it, it is demonstrated really through our, our actions toward others. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Notice what the Lord said here. Matthew chapter 25. Notice verse 34. It says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Notice what he says, For I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, 
and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? They're wondering, when did this happen? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch, notice this, as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So he's saying, if you've done it to those who have hungered and thirsted who are one of mine, then you've done it to me also. He's saying, you, you're, you've done that to me. And our, our, our sacrifice of love toward others, that's, that's the hospitality. He's saying it's demonstrating that Christ-likeness, that, 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 that love of Christ. And, you know, I, I love it when Christians who've never, ever met, suddenly they just have this heart to love and care and quickly realize, actually, they weren't just merely strangers, but in all actuality, they were family. They just hadn't met yet. And what I'm saying, it's seen in our service to others. It's seen as service to the Lord. And you know, this surrendered life is really where this action of hospitality stems from. I, I think about this, this woman in 2 Kings, if you quickly turn there, chapter 4. We spoke about this uh, Shunammite a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago now. And she had an overflow in her life and, and her attitude towards Elisha here. It fell on a day in verse 8 that Elisha passed to Shunem. There was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned unto the chamber and lay there. So this, this, this mindset from this woman was that let's bless this man of God who's just passing by. Let's just bless him. Let's not just feed him. Let's get him a chamber so that whenever he passes by, he just knows there's a place for him. And we, we know the story later on. Um, he sends Ge Ge Gehazi to say, hey, what does this woman need? And she reluctantly says, I, I want a son. And so Elisha prays and she gets a son. And then over time, because of that, that the, the, the blessing there, we see that the, the son dies. Then again, Elisha comes around and raises up this dead son of hers. And then later on, when there's a famine, they had to leave. They come back and the king was being told about this miracle you remember the story? And then they go, oh, well, you know, this is what happened. And the son was, uh, was, was, was raised from the dead. And suddenly, at the same time, it just so happened that this Shunammite woman and her son comes walking in. And, and they said, this is the woman. And what happened? Their, all of their, their, their property, all of their needs, it was met, it was restored. And, you know, the, the thing was this, we've got to surrender something first. We've got to be willing to pay the cost. And, but, you know, God is, is the type of God that when we do follow through with how he, he, he designed our lives, there's just something that He returns to us. 
And that's the kind of God we have. That, that's the kind of Savior we have, is that we have a God who just doesn't expect those things, and then we follow through. No, He, he rewards. And what I'm saying is that He's generous to us much more. And this action of hospitality, it's a demonstration of God's love, really, in the end, to a lost world. When it comes down to it, in 3 John 1.5, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. He makes a differentiation there. Saying you're going to do this to the brethren, but do this to the strangers. And many times, strangers are those that God brings along our way who are lost, who are in need of Christ. And many times, those lost don't necessarily have a friendly view of Christianity. They, they, they'll have skepticism in their mind about who we are and what we do, but what hospitality does, it, it, it's a, a way of breaking down the barrier. Hospitality is a means of which we can show the love of Christ. And I think about a particular story, a book I read on this, and um, th this, this woman who was very anti-Christianity. She was living in, in sin. She was, uh, she was in the LGBT plus, 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 right? She was part of that whole thing. And what she wanted to do, she was an academic. She wanted to disprove, she wanted to write a book that finally puts the nail on the coffin of Christianity. That's what she wanted to do. So she found out her neighbor was a pastor, and so she decided, well, I'm going to introduce myself. And what she was saying was she always found her community to be very open, to be very non-judgmental. And so she came in with a judgment in her mind that, that Christians were the opposite, that they were bigots and that they were this and that. And so she entered into that household and she was surprised that they let her in. She was surprised that they were courageous, that they didn't make an apology about their faith. They prayed when the food was served. They sung hymns around the table. They weren't, they weren't apologetic about who they were, but they were very loving and kind to her. And to make a long story short, over time, God began to work on her heart. And this woman, because of hospitality, because on Tuesday night she would just come over and there would be a warm soup on the stove there would be food and there would be fellowship and there would be conversation and there would be hymns and there would be scripture. Over time, because of that, this woman who was part of that group got saved. And you know what happened? She became a faithful Christian who eventually became a pastor's wife. You know what started it? Because there, was a, there were Christians who were uncompromised in their faith, but had the love of Christ in their heart. And they opened their home. And many of us would never think, and, and you know, I, I was, as I was preparing this message, I had, to, I had to work in my own heart a little bit there. I had to say, Lord, how welcoming would I be to strangers who I would deem as dangerous even, as a risk, and many times those strangers are those who are lost in need of Christ. And it's a visible demonstration of authentic Christianity. And by the way, the Lord Jesus said it this way. He says, by this shall all men know 
that ye are my disciples if ye have what? Love one for another. You know, the, Jesus is never wrong. He could have said something else. He could have said, by this shall all men know that you have, and you, he, could have, he could have just fill in the blank there. He could, he could have just said anything he wanted and it would have been absolute truth, right? But what he did say was that if you have love, one for another. And if, if we start with just a, an openness to one another, to welcome each other into our lives at times and risk that, we would show hospitality to the saints, but we would also show it to the strangers. You know what that demonstrates? It demonstrates an authentic Christianity. And I'm telling you, we ought to do this in Australia. <laughs> you know, we, we could think about all of the different strategies and we ought to do all we can for the gospel, right, church? But we ought to view what God's given us as a means to reach those who are around us. And they may not agree with your theology, but they won't disagree with your home-cooked meal and your genuine interest in them. And hospitality demonstrates care so that we can share our concern. And, and genuine care for the person is the key. Genuine urgency to share the gospel is the motive. But, you know, the motive for hospitality, really, let's not forget, we were strangers once. And yet God took us and gave us a family to belong to. He invited us, just like we heard this morning, to dine, to sup with Him. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, last place we'll turn to, we'll be done. Ephesians chapter 2. And there's a reminder here to the New Testament church. That's us, by the way. It says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, and notice what he says, being aliens, from the commonwealth of Israel. That means you didn't belong. And strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, I love this, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. He's made you near. Hey, don't forget, you were a stranger once. Hey, you didn't belong, but he, he allowed you, he made you belong. I think about a couple of years ago, we went over to Sri Lanka and, you know, there's, there's all these the refugee needs all around the world. It was at a time where there was a lot of that conjecture here in Australia. And uh, we were there, we were, we were really there to send off Soren, a young man from Southland who was called back there. And, and I remember just coming into that Sunday and just, just, just being amazed what had happened was there was a whole group of Pakistani refugees that were sent over to Sri Lanka. And what happened was they won one Pakistani man and suddenly on a Sunday morning they had 200 Pakistani refugees in Sri Lanka. They didn't speak the same language. They, they have different customs. They have, they have, different, they, they, they have different mannerisms. But what they all needed, and they all understood, was they all needed Christ. And I remember sitting there, we, we got to sing. I have a video, my wife was singing with Myra 
Anru, who was here with us a couple of weeks ago in, in Urdu. So she knows a little bit of Urdu. No, she read, she read and pronounced it, but they sung in Urdu, and I remember just being just touched by that as just in, the, in our world, these strangers in that land were being ministered to, and we f- they fed them. They, they welcomed them with, op- with open arms, and these the, the Sri Lankans and the Pakistanis who were all under Christ were one household. I remember sitting there and I go, whoa, this is going to be like the scene in heaven one day where every tongue, every tribe, every kindred, and we're all going to understand then. We were all strangers. We're all strangers. And yet, the Lord Jesus Christ, he willingly laid down his life for us. And because of the blood of Christ, we were welcomed in. And aren't you thankful for that tonight? I'm so thankful for that. And, and the ultimate act of hospitality was, Je- was when Jesus, he died for sinners to make everyone who believes a member of the household of God. We're no longer strangers and sojourners. We've got a, we, we can come home to God. And everyone who trusts in Jesus finds a home in God. And, and he did it for the praise of, and glory of His grace, it was the, the same reason that He rescued unworthy strangers in Egypt. It was for His glory, and this was grace. This was grace in the Old Testament. It's grace in the New Testament. And what we read early in Hebrews 13, He says, don't neglect it. Evidently, it, it is, it's something that we can easily fall into neglect. You know, we, we, tend to, we tend to centralize everything that we do on the things that we just are comforted, comforted with. You know what, where it's most comfortable often, it's just home, and we want to we wanna guard that, right? We don't want the wrong influences to come in. But sometimes we go to the point where we won't even be open to those that God might bring along our way. And let's not forget, you know, the greatest motive that we have to, to practice the priority of hospitality is that God did it to us first. Is when we were strangers, He opened up heaven. And He made a way. In fact, He paid the price. He paid the price so that we didn't have to pay it. And He paid all of it. It's paid in full. And one day we get to be at the banqueting room of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we get to be with family. And what a wonderful time that'll be. But you know what? We're supposed to be heaven on earth. We're supposed to show what heaven will be like through our practices, through our priorities. And so let's not forget to be ones who are given to hospitality. Let's pray. Father, thank you again. Lord, just the... Just amazing truth. Now, Lord, we were all strangers. Lord, we were aliens. Lord, we, we were foreign to you. And yet, Lord, in your great love, you laid down your life willingly. And you made a way for us, Lord, to be welcomed into your family. I'm thankful for that, dear God. Help us, dear Lord, to just have that same heart and burden. For those that you bring along our way all the time, 
Lord, it might be our neighbors. Lord, it might be our workmates. Lord, it might just be people we come across through and just the, the, the nature of life as it is. Help us to have a sensitivity. Lord, as we think about the time we're going to have, Lord, here, as, as, as you bring along your, your family to us, Lord, help us to just have a, a heart of hospitality to them. Lord, there might be a, a, a pastor who's discouraged. Lord, who just is wondering if anyone even cares. Lord, may it be just one of us, Lord God, as your people would just show with an open arm and open home, perhaps. Uh, just a witness of love to, to that, uh, that man and his family. Lord, it might just be another layperson who's just working away at a job and working away at just trying to be faithful in a ministry. And Lord, they're just wondering if anyone else cares. And Lord, would it be that we would just be that kind of church that would just open our arms and Lord, just meet a need and encourage, a, a, Lord, one of yours. But may it be so that, Lord, as we do to the brethren, we do to the strangers, that as we go along this week, that we would look to, to just prioritize hospitality, that we would just try to go out of our way to, to, to those that are around us, to meet a need, to, to witness to one, Lord, just the great belonging that we can find in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm thankful, dear Lord, for tonight. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be this kind of Christian in this day. Lord, may it be powerfully used in our lives. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name.